Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. It's time time. for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around, producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and needs. They've got everything you can imagine, all the sports, but especially football. You want to get in on the double header tonight for Monday Night Football. Of course, next weekend's games already have lines. They've got props. They've got Major League Baseball, boxing, tennis, combat sports. You name it, it's available on a super easy-to-use website that you can check out on your desktop or your mobile device. We do have a deal for you. Sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Talk Like a Pirate Day. National, me- National Meow Like a Pirate Day. And of course, Yo. Victory Monday for you and Chris. What's up, guys? Victory Monday for me and Chris. Club Dub, Hello. baby. Club Dub. Club Dub. We're back in it. Chris with his like, gangrene. What is like? What is the actual color of the green? Uh, I, whatever green it is, it's up there. I have it on the lights behind me. We are celebrating in style. Things right. will stay like this until the Your- team loses again. You're a little bit more Kyle Brady Jets green with your lights as compared to the midnight. Kyle green. Brady, the the defining player of that era of Jets football. I was just trying to think, like, who's a slam dunk Jets player from the the mid nineties? And it was, was it's a notorious draft pick, and we're yeah, draft dudes, so I went with it. Okay, 
Would you say that both your teams stole the win? Hey? Sure, we plundered the Ravens in the harbor. <laughs> uh, Joe, I have a question for you. Sure. What's over your right shoulder? Oh, that is a... Um... I think it's a meerkat, is it Nacho? The meerkat? Well, I, my right shoulder, hold on. I'm, I don't see my full picture. I can't see what you guys see. Yeah, that well, is so a meerkat stuff. Just turn animal. around. You could turn around. Oh. It's, oh, it's... Yeah, that thing. <laughs> What is that? He's in here doing this, trying to figure out which <laughs> right, way he needs to, like, to look in the mirror image on the screen. Right, you know, not a technology guy. No, not a math guy, not an English no. guy, not a tech guy. A football guy, though. We got Just some football. football. <laughs> that, yeah, it's a meerkat, man. Um, you know, it's uh, something I picked up from the zoo a few months ago. My daughter put it there. We're keeping it there for now. I like it. It's a It's a good flavor, but it was just kind of like, as we're settling into the new format for draft dudes, right? I couldn't help but notice like, oh, Joe's got a, a furry critter in the background. Uh, so I didn't know, does, does he also know how to talk like a pirate today? Or um, yeah, he's if you squeeze him, will he talk like a pirate? All the time. What I, as a renowned cat enthusiast, uh, Chris Schubert, would you like to yeah. uh, meow like a pirate cats. today? Could you? Um, no. Can you be the one that meows like a pirate? That's what I really I, need. I did from it. You. Kyle I did, did it in the intro, and I'm not. No, but be I able need. To, I need Chris. To no, because I'm not going to be. I, I'm not. I'm one, not a cat guy. Two, not going to be able to do the justice that Kyle did. So no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna punt. Right. This is smart because Sam. Sam is with us in the recording studio, stuff, clipping not, things, not and Chris is like, nope, you're not getting me. Can't hurt no, me today. No, sir. Can't hurt me today. Nope. Okay, so we obviously are coming off of week two of NFL action, week three of college football, and we teased it last week, but uh, we're kind of changing things up here on Draft Dudes a little bit. So, um, Chris, as producer of the show, would you like to kind of let everybody know what they're in for today on the show? We've obviously got a couple segments. We've given ourselves a little bit more runway. we got some some stuff planned out that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think the biggest change that you're going to see is these episodes are going to be longer. They're not going to be extravagantly longer. You're not getting like a two-hour episode of Draft Dudes, but you're normally accustomed to in-season 25-30 minute episodes. Probably going to touch the 45-minute mark, and on some weeks, some episodes, we might touch the hour mark. So you're going to get longer episodes of Draft Dudes, just like everybody wants. Today, specifically, the Monday show is going forward. In recap of the weekend that was, we're going to have the My Dudes segment, where both Kyle and Joe have their dudes from over the weekend, performances that stood out to them. They have a chance to talk about those players again a very similar thing to the scouting notebook that we did last year and then we're going to play nfl word association where i will step in i will give each of the guys the game the game of you know that we're going to be talking about they will say a word and then we can talk about that game any takeaways that we have so this is our way of recapping both the college football weekend that was and the nfl that weekend that was all together in one encompassing monday show shall we cool so Joe, we're going to start with your dudes Ooh, today. Starting with my dudes. Well, I've got five of them for you here. And, you know, this isn't meant to to cover every single thing that happened over the weekend. But these, this is the stuff that stood out to us in a big way from consuming the weekend that was in the NFL and college football. So got a little bit of both for you. Let's start off by making Chris Schubert happy. My top dude of the weekend. I don't know if he's a top dude. He's just the one I'm going to say first. Garrett. Wilson, wide receiver, New York Jets, eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns in the Jets' dramatic win over the Browns. One of those touchdowns, the game winner. And um, let's just talk about both the touchdowns real quick here. The first touchdown was a third and goal, 
And Garrett Wilson took Martin Emerson to school. It was a fade route, stutter release, beautiful head fake, forced Emerson to open his hips and guard against the inside release. Wilson ran to the pylon, gave Joe Flacco a ton of space to fit the football. The Jets get on the board, tie the game at seven. And then, of course, the game winner, which was actually a similar concept that they ran in the first half of that game, which was actually the third and eight strip sack. Uh, Garrett Wilson was open on that play in the middle of the field. They they recognized how Cleveland was going to play that route combination, knew that they were going to have some space over the middle of the field if the protection could hold up. And Wilson got to that spot, made himself available, game winner for Garrett Wilson in his second NFL game. And I'll tell you what, just going back and watching all of the plays that Garrett Wilson was on the field, which I did this morning, the dude put on a route running clinic. I mean, he could have had – I would say at least three or four more catches very easily, but Flacco was late on several throws where, where Wilson had a lot of separation. The ball wasn't, was off the mark. It wasn't on time. Uh, I, I think, you know, once Garrett Wilson gets established timing with a quarterback, he's going to make a lot of plays and, and create a lot of problems for defenses with his ability to create separation. And then of course the ball skills that he showcases. So really impressed with uh, the jets being able to rally there and I think uh, Garrett Wilson deserves a lot of credit for what that team was able to get done against the Browns. What's What's funny is we did a film study on Friday in the TDM Premium Discord, and we watched Jets-Ravens, and I justified it, say, well, Miami's playing the Ravens, so I want to watch Ravens defense. And Chris was like, <laughs> I'm going to join because I need to watch the Jets play and have a therapy session. And we talked about how Garrett Wilson, like, made two nice plays and then you didn't see him again for two quarters. And Chris is like, you know, we're running a bunch of 13 and maybe that's game plan specific, but man, I'd really love to see the number 10 overall pick, like, you know, play. And he did play. And I could tell you this, he was also selected as one of our rated rookie uh, offensive players of the week this week as well. I did those videos this morning and Garrett Wilson is our selection for week two for Panini's rated rookie AFC Offensive Rookie of the Week in Week 2. So, well, good call well with, with Garrett Wilson. Chris, how do you feel? Yeah, just an absolute great performance. And to your point, Joe, he had two or three other catches that he could have made. He dropped the ball in the middle of the field. That he did. Was just a, he did. Just a mistake by him. I think he was just trying to make something happen after the play. And then the play mm-hmm. that he gets hurt on, that he goes up and gets a ball that he has no business going up and getting and then gets pushed out of bounds on a bad throw by Joe and he still tries to right. go make a play. So you can just tell. I, I said it last night on the Draft Good Players podcast. I feel extremely comfortable in saying this. Garrett Wilson is the best receiver on the New York Jets, and that's no slight to Elijah Moore. Uh, it is just very clear that Garrett Wilson is just on is playing this game on a different level than everybody else in the Jets wide receiver room. Get that timing down with Zach Wilson, and that'll be his best friend. And I I fought the Diggs comp, I really did throughout the the process because like I, I'm always a little bit hesitant, right? But man, I, I thought I was watching Stephon Diggs run routes, especially with that release package on on some of those perimeter reps as well. My next dude of the week will go with another NFL wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Nine catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns, and the Lions 36-27 win over the Commanders. He also led the team in rushing (laughs) with 68 yards, 148 total yards from scrimmage, and St. Brown is a budding superstar in this league. I mean, he's only in his second year, but look over his last eight games. His last eight games, he's had eight receiving touchdowns and at least eight receptions and folks he's just the third player in NFL history with at least eight receptions in eight consecutive games joining Michael Thomas and Antonio 
Brown. And it's not like this Lions offense has all the stuff, right? Especially last year. And this guy was able to produce his last eight games, 68 catches, 740 yards, eight touchdowns. If you pace that out across 17, that's 145 catches, 1,572 yards, and 17 touchdowns. The Lions got themselves a steal here in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL draft. We liked St. Brown coming out, but this guy has absolutely been an answer for this Lions offense. I have a question. Yeah. How do you fall to the fourth round? Well, he didn't fall you, to my fourth You watched round. the tape. You knew he could play, <laughs> right? Because right? he ran four six. because his brother didn't do well. Cause his dad's hands on like what, like what reason could you possibly like legitimately justify? And I don't think any of those are legitimate justifications, just excuses right. for why he would slip. He's really good at USC. Yep. I mean, I wish I was higher on him. I loved him, but I wish I was higher because you do think we about that him, stupid like, top, stuff, right? We had him top 50. Yeah, I know. But what do we going to sit here and go, Oh, I wish we were higher. It's like, okay, Joe, why did you hate Amon Ross St. Brown coming out of USC? You only had him 48th. Hey, like hey, guys! You do know that they have Amon Ross and Brown, and then they're also going to get Jamison Williams back at some point this yeah. season. I just want how to much that is that going to help him? Because not a lot of what St. Brown is doing for Detroit is down the field, right? They don't have that guy to like lift the coverage at this point. When Jamison's there, they're going to feed off of each other. That's a really nice pair of receivers. The offense is is has the potential to be pretty solid. Now, yep. I'm sure there will there will be some clunkers and some stinkers along the way, but scored 35 at the points same in both time. games. I just yeah. think schematically they're really sound. That's what I like about Detroit. And like I know that there's players in certain spots that they can upgrade, but I like the creativity with their run scheme, and I like how they're piecing it together with the passing game, and I, I like what this is going to evolve into. I, I like well, how that scheme is set up, and I like where it can go. Well, and shout out Dan Skipper, the sixth, sixth yep. season in the NFL, got his first start, and it was a position he never played before. But Guard? Like, 6'10"? He's yeah. playing guard? Right. But that offensive line checked in as one of the best offensive lines when we did the roster project at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. We studied all the teams. Detroit was a top five offensive line. And they obviously have a lot of money that's rolled into that offensive line. But like that component for them, you you should feel like you're going to be able to move the ball on any given week if you're the Detroit Lions. It's a good spot to be. My next dude of the week, I'm going to go to college football now. I'm talking about Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. How about this guy and what he's meant to this Washington offense already? And look, we we saw a flashy player at Indiana, but let's face it, three different season-ending injuries at Indiana. He transfers to Washington, and obviously a big-time performance on Saturday against Michigan State. And this is partly because of an appreciation for what Penix has gone through to get to this point, but also where this Washington offense has been. You guys have heard me uh, be quite critical of the Washington Huskies offense in recent years, and they deserved every bit of that of that criticism. But I'll tell you what, Penix Jr. has completely changed that offense. The Huskies are 3-0, and big statement win over Michigan State on Saturday. Penix was 24 of 40, 397 yards and four touchdowns. But what I really appreciate about this performance was the big-time throws that he made down the field. It's not like he was dinking and dunking his way to this production. On targets, 20-plus yards down the field, my guy was 5 of 8 for 183 yards and two touchdowns. On throws between 10 and 19 yards down the field, he was uh, 7 of 12 for 102 yards and two touchdowns. So all four (laughs) touchdown passes were like 
down the field throws with significant depth of target and, and some, you know, plenty of plays where he got outside of structure. They moved the pocket and he ripped it and he was very, very efficient hitting all levels of the field. And so the adversity that he's gone through, the performance that he had against Michigan State and how he's impacted this Washington offense that was absolutely stagnant makes him one of my dudes for this week. Good to see Penix making the most of his next opportunity as a as a player. You mentioned it, Indiana and the flashes and the injury and kind of Indiana as a program had that big regression year after, what was it, the COVID year that they were were pretty strong mm-hmm. and they won a bunch of football games. And um, you know, sometimes you just need to change the scenery, right? And I'm sure the familiarity for Penix playing at home against a Big Ten opponent, Michigan State, a team he'd seen before, is uh, kind of helped. I know Michigan State is routinely one of the more active teams in the Big Ten with the transfer portal, but nonetheless, um, excited to see where this Washington team goes because we have the Pac-12 is uh, not necessarily ripe for anybody's taking, right? I mean, Oregon yeah. went out and, and performed well against BYU, got themselves a big win. SC has looked impressive in stretches. Arizona State maybe lights a fire from moving on from Herm Edwards this weekend. Um, Yeah, I just had to get an acknowledgement of that change there. So, uh, Joe, next dude. Next dude. Here we go. Minnesota running back Mo Ibrahim. I mean, this guy, we've been pretty excited about Mo. I mean, good player, but that 2021 season was cut short due to the Achilles injury, and he's come back terrific against Colorado on Saturday. 23 rushes, 202 yards, three touchdowns. 140 of those 202 yards came after contact. After contact. That same physical demeanor that that pounded the rock before Minnesota. He's back. It's still present. And he's only played three games so far this season. But in the first two games, he went over 20 carries and 130 yards, two touchdowns in each. And then he had the monster outing against Colorado on Saturday. So the toughness and the resiliency from Ibrahim is impressive. He's one of my dudes this week. Man, I don't know that he'll get drafted because he's an older player with a history of lower body right. injuries, but this dude can make a team. This dude can play. And like, um, it's almost like the James Robinson thing at Jacksonville, right? Where like James Robinson, Illinois State, goes undrafted, goes to Jacksonville, rushed for a thousand yards, has the Achilles injury. And the concern is, oh, well, like, he had an Achilles injury, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but he ran four six six to begin with. Like he was never an explosive mm-hmm. runner. He was just a powerful bowling ball type player. I can see that same thing playing out for Mo, and you're obviously seeing that with how he's pun intended, hit the ground running here to start the mm. season. And just mm. sorry, Chris. Um I I am so glad that he is healthy. And Joe, I am glad you are living in God's country and pulling your dudes from the Big Ten <laughs> or and former Big Ten players. My, my last dude of the week, and this is kind of a shout out to the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the TDN 100 that got updated today. So check out the draftnetwork.com. Updated TD, TDN 100. And I was really fired up to see Florida guard Osiris Torrance land in our top 100. He comes in at 96, and I bet he only climbs from here. This dude's a monster. 6'5, 350 pounds. Was a three year starter at Louisiana. He follows Billy Napier to Florida, and he's been dominant. I've watched all three of the Florida games so far this year, and I think he's better at Florida against SEC competition than, well, and I know that he's only played Kentucky, but Utah and then obviously USF. I what think was he's the been, vibe? What was the vibe on that game, by the way? I didn't see. 
the USF, USF game on set. Yeah. On Saturday at all. I know they won by three and it was, it was a sloppy game on offense for both teams. Um, okay. Opportunistic kind of a slop knocker. Florida was able to survive more than anything, but I thought, I think he's been better at Florida than he was at Louisiana. When I peeped him over the summer, Mauler in the run game, good movement skills for his size, firm anchor creates a ton of displacement in the run game. I think he's a day two prospect with plug and play potential at the next level if he keeps playing like this. So Osiris Torrance, guard Florida. We need some more interior offensive linemen to emerge. It's happening with him, and he now has a spot in our TDN 100. We also had um, the Wisconsin center made it, right? Joe Tipman. Joe Tipman. He made yep. the cut. Yep. So we, we've got a couple new names. And I remember when we did the first TDN 100 show, the entire observation was, wow, we had like five interior guys to me. <laughs> made the list. So desperately kind of needing. So between us getting to, to Van Pran and now Torrance and uh, Tipman, hopefully we can get a little bit more of a, a deep talent pool there in day two. But I am sure we will have lots of TDN 100 talk uh, this week to look forward to. I got to tell you guys, there's a there's a name that Joe didn't mention. I thought for sure was going to make his list that I think it's going to be slanderous if in the first edition of my dudes, he doesn't make the cut. That's all I'm going to say. Kyle, hopefully you you pick up the baton from. But there's going to be some massive disrespect if a guy doesn't make the cut. Okay, interesting. Chris, are you looking for a draft dudes alumni? No, no, not a draft dudes alumni. This is somebody who played on Saturday (laughs) that that balled out. Okay. Lots of guys that balled out. On we'll Saturday. find out. Chris, Chris will have his, um, um, his moment here. I do have, I, I have two college players and three, three NFL players on my dudes. Are we, are we ready to go into my dudes and yes. take dive into the deep end? Cause you know, we're starting with two, a tongue of Aloha, right? 469 passing yards, six passing touchdowns, 28 points in the fourth quarter, 35, 14 comeback victory for the Miami dolphins. Club dub, we're back twice. Tua, I, you know, I, I I can't help but remember some tweets that uh, Tyreek Hill's career was over because he was going to come play in Miami and he was never going to hit big plays in the passing game anymore. And lo and behold, uh, Tyreek with Jordan flu game type thing goes back, has to get an IV for cramps, comes out, catches a 48-yard bomb for a touchdown. Uh, next possession, still dealing with cramps. Comes out, they Ravens bust the coverage. Nobody's playing over top, and Tyree catches a 60-yard touchdown reception and a lot of air yards on that touchdown reception. So, uh, Tua, this was the kind of game that when you got in the script that you got in when you're in Miami and you're chasing the whole thing all the way through, you say, this isn't the kind of game that you had any level of confidence that Miami could persevere in. And here's hoping that Tua Tagovailoa utilizes this game as a springboard for future performances. But you know, if you look at Tua historically, I I want to get the numbers right. So allow me to pull up the numbers from Chris Kaufman, who is part of a Dolphins podcast called Three Yards Per Carry. Um, since two thousand, since the start of two thousand twenty. Tua, as far as his like fourth quarter passing splits, he's in the top five in like every passing category. So that's that's a pretty neat nugget. And then to have it come out in 
a manner like this, which you literally had offensive fireworks and needed it and was the first time in 712 games when you were losing by 21 points in the fourth quarter that a team came back and won. Uh, credit where it's due here. You, you can diminish it with the Ravens busting coverage and Kyle Hamilton not being in proper spots as a rookie. And But at the end of the day, you still made the throws. I thought he played loose. Um and even the two turnovers he had in the first half, the one was a tight window throw and the other one was third and long. You're, you're chasing the game script at that point, throw it up, try to make something happen. So uh, Tua Tungvalu, my first dude this week for his part in Miami's 42-38 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Well, the production speaks for itself. I mean, just six touchdowns was a 450-something passing yards. I mean, that's that's 69. crazy production. But I think what... What I came away most impressed with from this game, Kyle, was something that you mentioned. It was the fact that Miami has shown that they can win this type of game. And obviously last week was more of a defensive struggle. Uh, We're able to win by 20. It was a 20 to seven. I think last week still a two score win. Yeah. You go into Baltimore, you, you give up a touchdown on that opening kick. You're minus two in turnovers, but you find a way to win that game. And I think that that the numbers and the stats are awesome. But I think the fact that they were able to, to prove that is big, and I think that's big for Coach McDaniel, game two, right, to to like get more and more buy-in from his players and belief in what they're trying to build there, but also that they can win a game like this and they don't have to uh, – they don't have to be down, right? They, they can stay in it, and I think that's big for the belief and the resolve of that football team. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made that point because that was one of my big post-game observations was the – the messaging to your team to have a game like this that plays out the way that it does as a new coach who's trying to get buy-in from your players. Like, if, you, if you're if you not all the way in right now as a, a player in the locker room, I don't know what to tell you, right? Yep. Uh, my next dude, Draft Dudes alumni, Aiden Hutchinson. Three sacks for the Detroit Lions in their victory 36-27, I believe was the final score. 27 second half points for the Commanders. Uh, so three sacks for Aiden after a quiet week one, but even beyond that, you know, Aiden, after the game, dedicating his performance to a a local boy who was diagnosed with leukemia with a personalized video after the game. Very, very cool. Right. And it's just kind of one of those big picture things with Aiden. That is a nice reminder of like who he is as a person and that like he gets it right. So, uh, obviously the win for, for Dan Campbell and company is huge and Aiden playing a critical role in that set the franchise record for rookie sacks in a single game. That's all great stuff, but the it's really icing on the cake versus when you see what he did after the game in the video that, that he shouted out this, this little boy uh, who's dealing with just an unimaginable, unimaginable personal battle right now as somebody who uh, has their entire life, in front of them. So uh, shout out to Aiden Hutchinson for his perspective and his performance. He's a, one of my dudes this week. That was part of the the buy-in with Aiden. It was, you, you knew the football ability was there. The skill was there. That was not hard to find watching him on tape, but it was, yeah. as we got a chance to get to know him, we knew the quality of person that he was and what he would mean to a locker room like Detroit. That's trying to turn the corner and just the personal habits that he has in the character I mean, it's, that makes him the total package, and that's why you know everybody should have had of him as one of their top players from last year's class. And uh, great to see. I think that's the first Detroit Lions rookie to have three sacks in a game. So uh, all around day for Aiden Hutchinson. My next dude, uh, 
not an NFL player, not draft eligible, true freshman. Apologies. But <laughs> Penn State running back Nick Singleton. He's a if you're not familiar, get familiar. This dude can ball. And, and he, he looks... He doesn't run like Saquon, but like he's built like what Saquon was when he came to Penn State. And it's like that dude could play in the NFL right now. <laughs> What's super cool about Nick Singleton is he's actually from my hometown. He played at our crosstown rival high school called Governor Mifflin in Shillington, Pennsylvania. I was from uh, West Lawn, played at Wilson. Big time high school rivals, Central PA, Nick Singleton coming from Governor Mifflin, going to Penn State. He's been a big-time performer for them the last couple of games. Kind of the uh, running back situation there in Happy Valley is wide open. And I have to imagine that Nick Singleton, with the raw physical ability that he has, uh, will be in the driver's seat there sooner rather than later. But like that's a 2025 Gold Star player for everybody to just be mindful of, which is huge because you know Penn State, we've talked about Parker Washington and the tight ends and Theo Johnson and uh, Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer wide receiver. You get a dynamic running back in the group here, and it might not matter that Sean Clifford's your quarterback. You still <laughs> might have a chance to be a really dynamic offense on a week-by-week basis. So uh, shout-out Nick Singleton. Definitely grabbed my attention in watching the Penn State game this weekend. How about that backfield in future years with Aller at quarterback and Singleton at running back? I mean, that's, that's some physical talent right there. But uh, if I would have told you on Saturday morning that the final score – of Penn State Auburn was 41 to 12. Would you have believed me? <laughs> what a what a day for Penn State. Yeah. And like I'll shout out Derek Hall too. He's not one of my dudes, but Derek Hall, the defensive end from Auburn, I thought played a really nice game. Looked like a high draft pick. And I know he was a riser in the TDM 100 update that we just dropped over at the draftnetwork.com, but uh yeah, I, I didn't see Penn State boat racing Auburn by four touchdowns on the road, Maybe. right? Yeah. On the road. SEC country. My next dude. I'm nervous. Chris Chris has me sh- right. Has me shook. Well, you only have one more college player left, so you've only got one more shot at this. Are you looking for Jameer Gibbs? I'm not looking for Jameer Gibbs, no. Are you looking for a quarterback? I'm not looking for a quarterback, no. Are you looking for Kayshawn Boutte? I don't know. Like, I, who, I'm, no. Not I don't even know if Kayshawn Boutte played well or not. I'm just no. trying. You're in, so in my head that I feel like there's this Good. obvious answer that I should pick, and it's not going to be it because it's Antonio Johnson, the, the DB yeah, from no. Texas A&M, is my, wow. my next dude. That's not it, but well, go ahead and talk about your dude. Let's give Johnson his due. <laughs> well, no. No, I want to make sure that Johnson – okay. Antonio Johnson, Texas A&M, they make a quarterback change – Miami Hurricanes come to town. Big test for Tyler Van Dyke without his top wide receiver and really fascinated to see how A&M responds, right? Because A&M, let's be honest, laid an egg against App State. And um, I thought Johnson was one of the starring players in an A&M defense in its entirety that I thought did a very, very good job throughout the course of the game. And the safeties I thought were especially important because Miami used the tight end and Will Mallory, and they used their backs to try to generate their offense. And Johnson, we know his versatility. We know his ability to play in coverage, and we know his ability to fill and tackle, and he was productive and around the football the entire time. Uh, So he's a player who 
I felt based on the entire performance, I thought he embodied the important things that AM needed to do to win this football game and hold the Miami Hurricanes to nine points in route to a 17 to nine home victory over the Miami Hurricanes in a ranked clash. So shout out to Antonio Johnson, who I just continue to like more and more as I watch him play. Instincts, physical, versatile. Antonio Johnson, he does all those things. Would like a little more ball production, but man, this guy is always where he's supposed to be. Makes a lot of plays for that Aggies defense. So what college omission, not admission, what college omission are you offended by, Chris? Just no love to to Brock Bowers and what he did for Georgia over the weekend. Okay, okay, I want to let you know. Because no, here's no, no, my notes. No, no here's no. my initial notes. He, he, you he can see Brock Bowers the, is on that damn make list. He didn't the list, Joe. He didn't make he w- it. You had five opportunities to talk about a player, and you missed I, it five times. I I had him on my friggin' list. I just the reason I didn't, and and of course Kyle picked a non-draft. Right, Kyle picked a non-eligible, so don't give me right. that excuse. So, so Kyle sunk the boat for you on International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We sunk. Guy scores three touchdowns, has an amazing count. We just don't. I can't have. T- I I couldn't have two non-draft eligibles. Well, maybe there should have been. And some Singleton's more from my hometown. There. You think I'm going to take Brock Bowers, who everybody expects to be like a top fifteen pick for playing like a top fifteen pick versus a running back, true freshman running back who's off the radar, who we all need to start talking about more. You go. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Joe. Joe I, had I his name written at, down. I am mad at Joe. <laughs> Joe had his name written down and said, "Nah, couldn't be me. Won't talk about him." Yes, thanks. Brock Joe, Bowers. I see that his name was written down. So two of the players that were on that side with Brock, they made the jump. They made the crossover. Joe right. is the Brock was the only one he left off. Only one he left I, off. I pivoted to Osiris Torrance because I wanted the the shout out for the TDM one hundred. But I he was right there. He was right there. And to be honest, like Brock's kind of on you know how Oklahoma last year was on my my S list with money down? Every time I bet Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they like they let me down. And one of one of a couple teams that were were on your and I'll use uh, it, one of about list. one third of of College FBS football, football by the end of the season that was on the S list. I took the prop um, on Prize Picks for Brock uh, in Week One. Same for his over in receiving yardage production, and he got he touched the ball twice, and it was like on the opening possession for Georgia, and that was it. So you know what? <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Brock let me down in week one. Just I was just upset that he didn't, he didn't get mentioned, but he did get mentioned now because of me. Well, so you I, you did mention up. him. We so now I, we can transition to my last dude, which is Micah Parsons. Linebacker, pass rusher, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas big win over the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday, which I don't think anybody saw coming without Dak Prescott, but uh, – Cincinnati, I mean, you you, you got to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror this morning if you play offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, and I understand some of this is on Joe Burrow as well, but um, Micah Parsons a wrecking crew, man. Like, if you ask me who who will end up being the next player to break the sack record, single season sack record, I think my choice is probably Micah Parsons right now. He's just non freaking stop. He's a monster. Yeah, what's going to stop him from doing that, right? Like that, I've never thought about it through that lens because we're. I think I'm still new new to embracing him as like a guy that's going to rush a lot. But if he if he continues to get opportunity, he's going to top 22, 23 sacks, no doubt. In my he mind. is on pace for thirty four this season through two games. So he has t- he had two sacks in two each of again. the first two games. And oh Lord, have mercy! He's got Giants 
Commanders and Rams mm. next three games. Those are some super sackable quarterbacks. Well, and, and speaking of the Rams, Tremaine Ancrum now broke his leg. Are you kidding? No. Bro, out of line. They're, they're on, and I understand Tremaine Ancrum does not play tackle, so like that might not be as impactful for Rob Havenstein's a better run blocker than he is pass protector anyway. Micah versus Noteboom. Not, not a fan of that from here, the Rams. Rams really struggled to, to you know, pull one out against Atlanta yesterday. And I know that's our next hurdle, Chris, is, is to go to the NFL uh, slate and do the word association exercise. But just kind of looking at the next couple of games for Micah Parsons, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got 10 come week six. Mm. I would agree. I, I would expect him to. I think it's going to be right there for him. He gets home quick. He had three sacks against the Commanders in two games last year, by the way. Experience TV, music, podcasts, and games like never before with the Sonos Ray. This new compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of all your entertainment with clear, crisp dialogue and perfectly balanced bass. Just plug in the power cable, connect to your TV, and get set up in the Sonos app within minutes. Before you know it, you'll have blockbuster sound and streamlined control of content from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to shop for the Ray now. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are we ready for some word association, gentlemen? Yeesh. Let's do it. Perfect. So, uh, listen, it's not going to be – I'm not going to keep you to a one-word limit. If there's an, a thought or, like, a phrase you'd like to complete, you, you have the creative liberty to do so. So we're going to go through all the games, all from the, all the Sunday games, give our thoughts. We can talk about the games and any big takeaways that we had. And I'm going in a – I'll just let everybody know. I have the ESPN scores up, but because the Jets are listed as my favorite team, they're first, so I'm not going to do them first. We'll get to them later. So we'll start with the, the order that I have here. Uh, the Lions, Commanders, the Lions beat the Commanders 36-27. to 27. Steamroll. Joe. I got to do better than this. I got to think quicker because um, there's a lot that's in my head. The, the, name that, the thing that I was thinking about in my head was Hutchinson. Okay, that's the first word. That's how the that's that's right. rules of engagement Joe, here. You, Joe, you can't you can't short circuit on the first game we do of the segment. Like I was in, in like, the middle, maybe, Hutchinson, but the first game. Go. <laughs> Steve Roll was like You short circuited on us there. Yeah. See, I mean, I'm thinking about Hutchinson, I'm thinking about St. Brown, I'm thinking about the run game, thinking about the commanders giving up five sacks. I mean, you know, all that's, of not, that. that's a lot of words for word I know. That's why you, you can, can see I stumbled a little there. I'll do better. The Bucks beat the Saints twenty to ten. Brady fight. Are we not at what point? And Kyle, I know that you're going to do a deep dive on the Bucks this week, but like, at what point are we going to like acknowledge that we should be concerned about the Bucks offense? We should be concerned. And, and now on, man. it, it like, was announced yesterday. Tom's going to get a personal day every Wednesday. Veterans you're Day. You're a quarterback. Wednesdays. You're a quarterback. Every Wednesday for the rest of the season, Tom's getting a personal day on Wednesdays. Bro, you do, brother, you should you should have just you should have just called it. Right. You should have come back. If this is how it's going to be handled and like I get Giselle's pissed, whatever, dude, 
like if this is how it's going to be, I can't imagine that this is going to work particularly well. Right. I understand he's Tom Brady, but at the same time, your starting quarterback is going to have a personal off day and not come in on Wednesday. Can't do it. And you can tell he's off right now. Right. And I know that Brady started slow before, right? That's, that's been a thing. But when you take 11 days off during camp, you're not practicing. You've got new offensive linemen. You got new receivers. Like, bro, you got to get the timing down. And I thought sure a lot of those st- miscues were timing based. That I'm sure they'll still win 11, 12 right. games. They got of a good roster. They, they have a lot They're of talent. 2 0. But at the same time, like, did Tom, did Tom go back to go 11 and 6 and lose in the divisional round? Or did Tom come back to try and win another Super Bowl? No, that's where he's on track. So, yes, we should be concerned about the Bucs. I agree, Joe. I don't, I don't want to be critical, but that wasn't a word, Joe. You just went on a rant, so I just okay. Well, that's you fine. know what? You're gonna that's you're fine. gonna get a reaction. You're gonna get the reaction. Okay, you know what? That's fine. Kyle will supply the word. Joe will supply the reaction. How about we try that? I'll do how my best. How about we go that? How about we go that direction for the next game? Okay, Atlas with uh, the world on his shoulders right now. <laughs> the Giants beat the Panthers nineteen to sixteen. Matt Rule, phonies. Wow. So you, you guys see this Matt Rule stat? You went two different directions there, Joe. Please go ahead. You see this, Matt? Oh, Rule no, stat? that wasn't that wasn't a slight against the Giants. I'm talking about the Panthers coaching staff. Oh, okay. I thought you were taking a shot at yeah. Dayball and the no. Giants. No, it's just putting the T, uh, TDN Discord. Okay, the worst win percentage in the NFL with at least 35 games since 1966. Matt Rule, 0.286. He's literally the worst. No, that's not in- true. That's not true. The bottom name is the oh, worst. Oh, it's the other way around. He's one of the worst Trust coaches. I, I know because it's Bill Ornsparger. And that name incites fury in the gut of any, in the cockles of any Dolphins fan. It's one of the worst Arnsburg. coaches ever. Correct. And he's got talent. It's not because he doesn't have good players. It's he's mismanaged the talent. He really has. This Whether was the been- concern for Carolina, right? This was the concern for Because you look at the roster and you're like, yeah, they, like, they have talent. They should be able to win some games. We are now 10 and 25 in 35 games as the starting, as the head coach of the, the Carolina Panthers. And like, if you lose a couple more, what's going to stop this this team from just checking out on you altogether? Well, that that's a legitimate concern because it ain't hard to be concerned about Matt Rule from the outside. Imagine if you're inside and some of the things that we've heard from inside. Next next five games for the Panthers. Home against the Saints, home against the Cardinals, L. home against the 49ers, L. at the L. Rams, home against the L. Bucks. L. Yeah, he he ain't making it to week nine. And they play the Falcons that week. Yeah, I don't know about all that. No, he they get a bye week thirteen. He might make okay, it to so the bye. It's right there. Tepper um, ain't gonna. Tepper's doesn't care about the money. I guarantee you. Shout out Carolina, two hundred sixty-one and two hundred seventy-five yards of offense. What was has their not, average yards per has, play over the last 20 minutes, though? That's what really counts. That's, yeah, that's where right, you really right, win right, the football right, right, game, right, right. Joe. That's where it Have really not manufactured wins. a turnover in two games. Not great. Two games against Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones. Da- if da- Daniel Jones' middle name is turnover. Daniel Turnover Jones. I look at in right week one with page, a, yeah. I mean, My goodness. Okay, Chris. The Patriots beat the Steelers 17 to 14. My word for this game is gross. This game was gross to watch. Yeah. Meh. Bad, Meh bad was offense. my word. 
I'm concerned about the steel. I'm concerned about uh, Matt Canada. They're, they're, they don't have this bad of offensive talent, right? Like they they can have more of a pulse than they've shown offensively. Do you know what the problem is, Joe? I don't think Najee's healthy. Like ten carries for thirty yards. That's like what his normal game is. Like he, this is what he's been. He's not a high like he doesn't do a whole wow. lot with his touches. Joe went there. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know, and to be fair to Carolina, I just got done slandering Carolina. The the Steelers have less offensive yards through two games than the Panthers do. 267 and 243. Um, 13, averaging 14 and a half first downs per game. We, we knew the offensive line wasn't particularly good. We knew that was an issue. And, and yeah, I mean, Najee's been banged up. I, I would agree with that perspective, and, and Najee's been working through, but uh, 25 attempts for 72 yards, 2.9 yards per carry for Najee through two games. I don't think it's going to get a lot better because I agree that he's banged up, and the offensive line is not good, and Mitchell Trubisky in an offense that literally throws everything within five yards to the perimeter is completing less than 60% of his passes. Can't wait to play him in two weeks. He had 33 passing attempts in 168 yards. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull up next gen stats. I want to see the passing chart. What? Okay. Well, can can I go to the next game while you? No, no. Okay. You're going to have to filibuster. Okay. Well, well, the people the pay- wanted more draft dudes. We committed to at least hitting the 45 minute mark. We're not there yet, so I'm going to fill a buster. Nelson I Aguilar like made a great play in that 17 game. more games to get to. You do not. I guarantee you, you do not have 17 more no, games. No, it's you under 17, nine. but it's a lot. I think you have nine. And we've Charts, gotten to none of the chaos games. Passing. Um, where's my guy? Mitchell Trubisky. All right. Guess how many completions Mitchell had more than 15 yards downfield? Two. One. Uh, he had three, if you include one, to the other team. No, that one doesn't count. That, that, that's uh, the ball didn't hit the ground. How many passing attempts did Mitchell Trubisky attempt beyond 15 yards downfield? Five. Four. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Uh, so two for two six, for six beyond 15 yards downfield. M- meanwhile, within three yards of the line of scrimmage to the left hash, we have one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten attempts within three yards of the line of scrimmage outside the left hash. Is this the, they're running the same offense they did last year with Big Ben? Same thing. Why same should thing. we right. be surprised and, by that? That's <laughs> no, no, I, I, but, but yeah. Joe, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just making the observation of everybody last year told me, oh, just it's Big Ben, the limitations. They get in a quarterback that can. Uh, same thing. Same thing. And and you our response think- is well, well, at least now you have a mobile quarterback. Guess how many rushing yards Mitchell Trubisky has through two games? 25. Probably not many. 16 on four attempts. Yeah. So you're not even running him. So what's the point? And I just don't think, like, I, I, well, listen, I think we all like Kenny Pickett here, but I don't think it's going to change if Kenny gets into the game. No, it's just, it's, Matt no, it's, it's, it's an, an offensive structure and an offensive line issue, just as much Spe- as anything else. Speaking of an offensive structure issue, the Jaguars blank the Colts 24 to nothing. What's. I won't put the expletive on it, but WTF is happening. Okay, that yeah. WTF is happening. And I understand Michael Pittman didn't play. 
Matt Ryan was objectively awful. Not great. Go ahead, Joe. I, I feel like our, our urge uh, is going to... Where's your word? What's your word? Jaguars. I feel like our <laughs> urge is to... <laughs> To talk about the Colts, right, and they got shut out and all that. Matt Ryan didn't no play cool, well. They got issues with the offensive line. I want to give credit to the Jaguars, right? Like, I, they went out. Trevor Lawrence did an extremely efficient game, 25 of 30, two touchdowns, didn't turn it over. Uh, they ran the ball okay. But to me, it was Doug. it was a it was a well-designed passing offense, getting Christian Doug. Kirk going. Yeah, man, he's a, good, he's a good football coach. And so, to me, like – Let's give all the credit to Jacksonville. I know that they didn't beat Washington in week one, but this was this type of efficiency from their passing game and, and obviously what they were able to do defensively and five sacks, Josh Allen, obviously a couple of sacks. I'm really impressed with with kind of what what they showed in this game. I want this to be about Jacksonville. Hey, also shout out to um, Devin Lloyd leading the team in tackles through two games, had an interception and has three passes defensed through two games first round pick Lloyd really standing out in the middle there uh, for them. So shout out rookie Devin Lloyd, who was our AFC defensive rookie of the week selection for week two in the rated rookie uh, offensive and defensive rookies of the week. And also uh, shout out to the Colts for having one turnover for every three first downs they had in the entire. Oh, <laughs> Jets, don't you? How much of this do you, do you get? Like, you continue to get pissed Chris off. Chris is so mad because he he put off the Jets and he went to talk about it. And you, you quick snap. I gushed all over question? Garrett I Wilson. Here. My question. Yeah, you were going to say how much of this is? Yeah, wrong? just like this Colts quarterback thing that they're doing with Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. Like, this is not a team that should have been so should be so cautious with the quarterback thing. Like just get one. Oh no. Have we seen the schedule coming up for the Colts? No. What is it? They got the chiefs next week. Mm. Uh, Then they have the Titans. They're at home for that one. So, okay. You want it at Denver. And Denver's oh. not playing particularly well yeah, either, but that's yeah, at not, Denver. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows what that We don't know be. what Denver is right now. But that I can tell you that zero the, zero going into the fourth quarter because of coaching ineptitude on both sides. Unreal. Uh, that, then you have Jacksonville again, and then you're at Tennessee through week seven. They're going to make so you a got Titans, change. Titans twice, Chiefs, Jaguars again, and at Denver. Might be rough, man. Okay, Chris. It's your time to Jets, shine, buddy. Jets beat the Browns 31 to 30. A choke. Garrett Wilson. I, I mean you, you can't he can't be a dude and then you bring that name back right, up again as your word, word association. <laughs> Joe meat on the bone. I think offensively they left Great. a lot of meat meat on the bone. That's, See, that's, that, terrific. that's what I'm looking for, he's, Joe. He's that's getting what, the vibe of the, of the, the shtick now. That's what I'm looking for. It took us eight games, but that's the kind of content I'm looking Let for. Let him be. Let him be. He's I'm just sorry, feeling Joe. his way through it. It's the first time we're doing it. It's a new segment. Well, it's not a new segment. We've done it before. But he, Joe just needs reps. He just needs reps. I will he's say, the, 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 the thing for me is, as a Jets fan, that never happens. That type of game never goes the Jets' way. Like, they would do all of that, and then Joe throws a pick on the play to score the touchdown, right? Like that's Chris, how it normally it's, goes. It's like the Raiders game a couple years back where he just ran straight by 
They they just gave up like the last yeah. play of the game. It's That's like what they, happens to the Jets. they perpetually lose in that manner. Yes. It's like to, to win this game this way is so unjet like. Like it just it warmed my heart yesterday. Also, and, there was a lot of criticism thrown from one Kyle Krabs and Chris Schubert in the private sections of the TDN Premium Discord about George Fant, Lake, and Tomlinson and the way that they played last week. Shout out to them because they played better this week. Great. Well, that's also good because I don't think it was possible to play worse than they played last it, week against the, the Ravens. The film study was not good, but they, they play a lot better. Max Mitchell had a that's huge great. fumble recovery because Tyler Conklin just apparently wants to fumble the ball now. But yes, big I, And I don't, I don't use the word choke as despairing against the Jets. It's just, and, and choke will come up again here because we've had a couple of them this past weekend where teams were opportunistic and took games away because the window was left open. But the fact that the window was left open by Cleveland, I mean, two touchdowns in 93 seconds or whatever it was, obviously the onside kick recovery there as well. Um, you love it if you're New York and you hope you can use it as a springboard to build some momentum now. Got the Bengals and Steelers as their next two games. And with the way that those two teams are playing, there's opportunity here. That's uh, all I'll say. There's opportunity here. Uh, speaking of leaving the window open, the Dolphins beat the Ravens 42-38. to 38. Cl- Club dub is Kyle's word. Club dub. Club dub. <laughs> uh, resiliency. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. They're in the air. They're on the ground. They're always in control. Because when you say Miami, you're talking 11 wins. I wasn't gonna. No, I wasn't gonna do the actual lyric because that's too far. <laughs> we get taken out of context, and then like it would be like, "Oh, you idiot!" Like I'm not going Those there the yet. Words. But yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. This team won, I think, four games in three years under Brian Flores in September, and they have two in two games under Coach McDaniel when they felt like they were close. That's all you can ask for. I don't want to ruin your your moment, Kyle. And this is not a comment that's supposed to take away from that whatsoever. But. Lamar Jackson's playing like a man who wants a new contract. That's all I'll say. Yes, he is. Yes, he He's is. He's playing like a man who um, says, pay me what I'm worth. Yeah, he, credit Lamar's to him fault, for... Right? <laughs> it's not the way I was... The game right. yesterday was right. not Lamar's fault. He did everything nope. he needed to do. Right. Yeah. Drops. He's on pace for like 5,000 yards passing and over 1,000 yards rushing and like 50 touchdowns. <laughs> He's like, not, his, not his fault. He's doing everything you can do, right? All right, let's get into the late afternoon window. The Rams the Rams tried to join the company sure of did. the Ravens and the Browns and the Raiders, but they did not. They held on, and they went 31-27, to 27, and the Falcons continue to tank excellently. Uh, I just want to know. 28-3, right? Yep, it was. I wanted Atlanta to get it so bad, too. Of course I would just like to know if how how angry Arthur Smith is. Bro, that we wrote that we wrote him off in June. After He's another mad. week, mad, mad, bad, mad, bad, mad. Uh, Rams get it together. That's all I'll say. The 49ers beat the Seahawks twenty-seven to seven. I think the big thing here is is losing. Trey My Lance. words, comfort. Okay. My words, comfort because I, you hate it for Trey Lance. You really, really do. But I feel like Jimmy G steps in at quarterback for this team, and it's like, okay, I know what this team is now. Like, I feel like I've lost the mystery of the 49ers. I know what this team is now. Yeah, Joe, and they, they still like don't have a single one of their starting interior offensive linemen from last year back, and that's not something Jimmy does well. 
I say chaos. My word is chaos. Because a, from a micro perspective and a macro perspective, you're the San Francisco 49ers. You gave up three first-round picks for Trey Lance. You're going to go into year three, year three, and you don't have a clue. I've right. you don't have a I've, you don't have the slightest idea on what he is or is not. I have a stat for you guys. We talked about this on the Draft Good Players podcast last night. Cheap plug. Since he be, since he walked into college through what would what will now be his third year as a starter, Trey Lance has taken 417 snaps. Mm, he's behind. That's the, he's, that's what you got. He's a hundred thousand reps behind. <laughs> we talked about Josh Allen being ten thousand reps behind. Trey Lance is a hundred thousand snaps behind. Lord have mercy. That is, that is what you have. Trey Lance has four hundred and seventeen snaps in his college in his career. Entering year three. So Kyle and I came in with exact opposite words. I said comfort. Kyle said chaos. 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 Yeah, that, that's because I think in a nutshell, from I think. the macro view of the chaos. But I don't know. I feel more comfortable with this 49ers team right now than I did before. And I don't. I hate that for Trey Lance. But there's a level of comfort that I have with San Francisco and Jimmy you. Jimmy. You know what they are, but you also know what the the limitations, limitations are. And I think right. the roster is the, the roster is not better than it was last offseason or last season. And oh, by the way, Elijah Mitchell is going to miss the next six weeks. I would I would like to apologize to Trey Lance. It's actually four hundred and twenty attempts. Oh, I'd like come to apologize. On, Chris. I, I, I yeah, misstated it by three. My apologies. Um, the oh boy, the Broncos beat the Texans sixteen to nine. A highway, a highway. That's the the word that comes to me because that feels like Nathaniel Hackett is trying to navigate himself through a eight lane highway, trying to cross the street. When he's trying to manage a football game, this is embarrassing. Do do I need to go home, down the whole spiel on the coaching staff again? No, no. Listen I think, to I last think week. It's People it's been just, well established yeah. since like June, right? Inexperience. Nobody me, nobody like, in the coaching staff perspective has any valuable experience doing anything they're being asked to do. Right. Okay, and I agree with you. And I, again, we're on the same page here. But you would think after all of the chaos of Monday night and all of the the the, the backlash and all of the the media attention, you would think the one game that they would get right, the one the one game that they would have all their ducks in a row and they would just be confident and they would make a decision and they would go with it, it would be this game. And it was worse. Fix it I would argue that, that this game was worse. You, you don't fix it in a week. This is stuff that takes years of ability to figure out how to do. It's not fixable in a week. The Cowboys beat the Bengals 20 to 17. Stay tuned is going to be my phrase here, which is what, a cheap you, plug. No, it's a cheap plug because. What are you, draft Nick Papa John? I don't get it. I don't get that at all. Stay tuned. All right, give me more on the state. Forty pieces in thirty days. <laughs> part part of part of what our Tuesday show is going to be it. is we're going to dive into narratives, and I'm going to dive into this Bengals offensive tape, and I'm going to examine this offensive line. I'm going to examine Joe Burrow. I'm going to talk about the protection, why he's getting sacked so much to start this year. Joe is a Jets fan. Can't um, wait to hear that. Listen to your quarterback. Would be my phrase of choice because Joe Burrow is there in the game saying don't go empty <laughs> don't go don't go empty for <laughs> I gotta tell you that's probably the worst thing you could see as a Bengals fan your quarterback telling your coach to be like you can't run these plays anymore like that's no. not good that's bad right right so right, we have two more games uh, the, to get the, to the, prote the protection and the protection the passing game regardless of where the fault lies and I'm looking forward to Joe bringing that to the table um, I'm very much looking forward to it
two more games to get to and leave it up to us with all this ample time that we gave us for a show. We're still going to be, we'll try to hit the buzzer here. Uh, the Cardinals come back and they beat the Raiders in overtime, 29 to 23. Choke. <laughs> double dips, double dips on a word there. I'll allow I it. told you it is. I know Kyler Murray has had good games in the NFL, but I don't think I've ever watched one of them. Like every time I watch him, it's just pure chaos. Like, is this, is this what it is every time he steps on the field where it's just like, is the, is the offensive playbook Kyler do something? Yeah, pretty much. Well, pretty what much What does. is this? Pretty much. What is this, dude? This is, this is how the Cardinals win. He has to overcome the chaos that Cliff puts together from a coaching perspective, and he has to run around and do, and do, do stuff like this. This is not repeatable. This is not long-term success. Did they run mesh on the two-point play? Which requires vertical lift. I'd have to go back and I'd have to go back and look at it. He had I to run not, around again, so the routes got all jangled. But kitten caboodle right, because it's yeah. not a red zone call. <laughs> I don't know, Joe. Dude, you like, can run I just, mesh. You can run mesh anywhere. You you can. You can. You can. Yeah, you can. Uh, the last game, the Packers beat the Bears twenty-seven to ten. They are who we thought they were. Oh, Shout out to the reason, Packers for getting had, back to their backs, though. You had that one prepared this morning. You were like, I got it for the word association for that game. You had that one ready to go. My, my wife was watching Good Morning Football this, this morning, and so I, I, when I went to go get a cup of coffee, they were talking about this game. And I respect the hell out of what Peter Schrager was talking about when he said, look, why is this game always on primetime? Like this has to stop, right? We, we got to stop putting the Packers and Bears on primetime like it's some type of competitive game. I think the stats were like the average margin of victory in an Aaron Rodgers start over the Bears is like 15, and under Favre it was like 16. Like this isn't a competitive rivalry. Quit, you know, quit using primetime real estate to force us to watch Bears and Packers every year. I need I need to know how you as Chicago were down 24 to seven at halftime, and Justin Fields threw the ball 11 times for 70 yards. Did you see how good David Montgomery was running the ball? <laughs> He I I get good. I get it. I Tyler, get you ready it. for this? He has 28 pass attempts through two weeks. <sighs> was, uh, a, a monsoon in this game. Yeah. Uh 18 touches for Aaron Jones and set 19 touches for AJ Dillon. Weird. You're your best players. Feed him the football. Nice yeah, job. That was good by the Packers pivoting on offense for sure. That's it. Out of here. Renewed draft dudes. Everybody got 2x what you normally do. So please don't ask us to extend the length anymore. Uh, at least give us two years of this format and we'll probably <laughs> go 60 every time because we're sick individuals. We <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Everybody who is staying in Club Dub this week, please enjoy yourselves. Kyle Krabs, Joe Reno, Chris Schubert. Thanks to your friends over the Bed Line for their continued support of the podcast. Make it a great Victory Monday for those celebrating and those who aren't. There's always next week. Come back. See you again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the draft dudes podcast. Be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss the next episode while you were at it. Help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at the draft network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.